I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode of Figuring Out 30 is brought to you by Libido, sexual wellness products that help you feel good about feeling good. Hello and welcome to Figuring Out 30. It's the podcast exploring the chaos, confusion and clarity that comes with life in our 30s. I'm Bridget Huswait and not gonna lie, I am counting down until the end of this month because Oscar and I are going on our first international trip together. How cute! We're going to Fiji for like nine days. It's going to be yeah, a real drop and flop moment. Um, is nine days too long for Fiji? I don't know. We're staying in three different places just to break it up. Like we pretty much go straight down to the Coral Coast for a couple of nights and then we hit Tokariki Island for a few. Tokariki Island, I think that's what it's called. Um, and then I think we've got just like one night in Denarau before we fly back to Melbourne. But yeah, it's going to be so nice and relaxing. I still do have some work to do over there, but that's fine. I'm just really looking forward to getting away and having a nice little island moment with Oscar. I don't know. I'm so excited that it's our first international holiday. Um, Things are just feeling good at the moment, especially now with us being in this new house. You can probably actually hear a plane going over at the moment because we're in Essendon. So I think we're kind of close to um, either Essendon Fields or Telemarine. There's planes flying about but I fucking love planes so I got no issue with that when I lived in Sydney in 2018 one of my favorite things to do I don't know if I've ever said this before but like I loved because I lived in Erskineville and Marrickville like in inner west but I loved walking to Sydenham station and just standing there and watching the planes come in because that is directly on like the flight path and you get like you're really close to them as they were descending um it was sick but anyway very happy being in this new place. Looking forward to this international holiday. So yeah, I actually want to keep on the topic of travel for this episode because I am really gunning to do like a three-week trip to Italy and the Greek islands next year, but I don't really have anyone to go with. And I don't know about you, but the older I get, the harder I'm finding it is to travel with friends and stuff. You know, in, in my 20s, I did a fair bit of traveling. I worked at Flight Center and student flights for a couple of years. So travel was obviously a huge priority. I'll give you a mini timeline, I guess, of my travels. So first time going overseas was actually 10 years ago, 2013. Um, did two, yeah, two months across Europe. Um, Oh my God, I just actually, by the way, found my digital camera from this trip and she's still working. So funny. But this trip was with four other girls. I probably would never do that again. Um, Or if it was to be a group setting, make sure it's even numbers and not like five or seven or whatever. Um, The following year, 2014, I did Bali with a friend from high school. That was sweet. 2015, I did an eight day trip across Spain with a bunch of other travel agents on a famil. So that was a top deck. And I also went to America for the first time and I went solo but I did a 14-day top deck tour there as well. Speaking of these group tours, I was just reading Travel Weekly and how interesting is this, right? Um, I was just kind of looking at the trends and, you know, what's going on in the travel world and these travel groups 
are booming at the moment. Solo travel is on an upswing as a number of tour operators report substantial increase in demand over the past year. And what's going on, like the trend appears to be so many people are booking these group tours, but they're all kind of solo travelers. Um, let me scroll down. There's this tour group called what is it, EF Go Ahead Tours? They've seen a 200% increase in solo travel bookings since the start of the year. And Intrepid as well. Where was I was just reading about Intrepid? Women make up about 75% of Intrepid solo travelers in North America. Yeah, it just pretty much says how women dominate the solo sector. And it honestly doesn't surprise me because like I'm feeling the same thing in my early 30s, right? It's just hard to find friends to travel with. But I'll I'll go more into that. Let me go back to the timeline. I'm kind of just zigzagging here. 2016, I did a two-week UK trip. I met some people over there, but that was like, you know, I flew over by myself, came back by myself. Uh, 2017, I did a three-week Europe trip with my ex. The following year, did a week trip to Bali with him too. Then COVID, so obviously no travel for a couple of years. 2022, so this time a year ago, a week trip to Vegas. Originally booked that solo, but got a friend to come along. Looking at the timeline, I've actually done some solid solo travel for international trips. And yeah, I kind of wonder what that says about me. Like I am certainly comfortable with my own company, but I'm also, I don't know, a bit withdrawn and introverted. Like I want to travel with friends, but for this trip next year, I don't think I want to be with anyone for like three weeks straight unless it was Oscar. So I'm thinking I'm just going to book and then see if anyone else happens to be over there at the same time or something, just meet up with them. I don't know. But yeah, I'm usually sweet with traveling solo, but uh, I don't know. I feel like these are two places like Italy and the Greek islands that I want to be around people for. Like I I just, I definitely just don't want to, I don't want to do the Greek islands by myself. Like I really want to be with someone for that. But like I said, it's hard to find people. So Oscar can't take time off during the year because of footy. I've got so many friends who have kids or mortgages, which is obviously so understandable. And I know that I'm picky with who I would want to spend so much time with. You know what I mean? I was actually talking to Lucy Smith about this, who I worked with at Triple J, because I have seen her take annual leave a lot for solo trips. And she's actually in Japan at the moment by herself. And what she said to me was so bang on. Let me just go into my phone and find the message. Yeah, she was just like, you know, it's hard, as you know, working at the ABC, your holidays are either planned well in advance to account for ratings period or super last minute to work around other programs. So that's either too much or too little planning time for friends. Friends want to go with their partner or it's hard to find a time because every other weekend there's a wedding, a hen's fucking 30th birthdays. And also solo travel reminds you how much the world is built for two people, which can be hard as a single gal, mainly financially. Accommodation is so expensive on your own if you don't want to do hostels. And yet so so true. So Lucy's done yeah, a fair bit of solo travel and, you know, I've been there. Like I totally get it. So I want this episode to be on solo travel. We're going to be talking about it. I want to hype it up. Like I, I want us to be able to embrace it and normalize it a bit more. But yeah, like what Lucy mentioned in her message, also acknowledge like the barriers, like it definitely isn't an equal space in, in travel. If you're by yourself and, you know, traveling as a single gal. And I've got Melissa Mason back on the podcast to chat about this. So she joined me earlier in the year to talk about dating someone younger, embracing our cougar era. And she has actually wrote a lot of pieces about solo travel. She's actually overseas by herself at the moment. She has been for a few months. So we had a little Zoom to talk about it. And you'll hear about Melissa's relationship with solo travel, how it's evolved from her slightly traumatic first stint, which when you hear the story, 
you're going to be like, oh my God, she's the Australian LC for any fans of the Hills out there. But she also offers some really great insights and tips and also some of the weird responses that she has got about solo travel as a woman. So let's get into it. Where the hell in the world are you? Where in the world is Melissa Mason? I am am actually in Hydra in Greece, uh, which is an island it's just about probably about two hours from Athens by boat uh and I'm here for two weeks which has been so nice I've been kind of like jumping around a lot I've been away for about a month now and I've got two more months to go it's all happening (laughs) I love following all the stuff that you put up on your Instagram it's like kind of like a live blog of how it's all going and you're very raw and real about it, like the highs and the low. What's your relationship with solo traveling? Like have you always been keen on it or did the thought ever terrify you? Oh, God, yeah. It used to terrify me. It used to scare me so much. I remember my first solo trip was when I was 22 and I got an internship, a fashion internship, um, at a magazine in Canada. Oh my God. And I was like, this is, I know. I was like, this is an amazing opportunity. I'm basically going to be in the hills. Not really, but like in my <laughs> the Australian LC, I love <laughs> but it. Canada style. <laughs> and then I was like, I'm going to do this. I'd never traveled even overseas really by that point. And so I packed up my bags. I booked a hotel. I like started putting feelers out to do some like apartment subletting inspections and I got there and I just had wave after wave of panic attack like for two days straight and I just couldn't do it I actually was like crippled and I at that point like I had anxiety and I didn't realize that I had anxiety and panic disorder at the time I, I hadn't been diagnosed yet um and I wasn't on any medication so I'd gotten there and it was just all hitting me And I ended up coming back after two days and that really scarred me. I know, I know. And like sometimes I kick myself because it would have been an amazing opportunity and knowing now that like there is always that part of solo travel at the beginning where you're just super anxious but Mm -hmm. it does like pass over time. Sometimes I'm like, oh, damn, that would have been so cool like to have done that. But then I also then think back to how I was at the time and there's no way I was ready. No way, yeah. No way. So that scarred me for a bit. Yeah. And so I, all my traveling was done with like, I was always, I desperately had to always have someone with me, like my sister Mm -hmm. or friends. And then in 2016, I left a job and I had actually like a week between one job and the next and nothing to do. And I was like, I really just want to go see Broken Hill. (laughs) Oh, that's so random. Why? (laughs) I know. I okay I think I've always been a bit obsessed with the outback but particularly for some reason to me Broken Hill was like a fixation I was like so so far (laughs) but it's just like so far it's like to me it felt like the like ends of the earth in New South Wales that I could feasibly drive to you know like like I would say like you know obviously like the red center is like the real goal, right? But you can't drive straight out there. It's not possible. So I was like, okay, Broken Hill, I'm doing it. And so over the course of a week, I just did this little solo road trip and it was the greatest achievement. Like it wasn't just that the experience was so good. It was like, hell yeah, I did that all on my own. No, I just had all those experiences, all those, like, I immersed myself in that surroundings just 
just for me. Like I just got to watch the sunset for me. I got to go and like check out, like I went, I got to like wander around. Like I'm such a nerd. I got to wander around like the um, flying doctor's museum for like two hours. <laughs> no one wants to go there for two hours. <laughs> Literally no one wants to do that for two hours except Melissa Mason. So, you know, I just got to do everything I wanted. And, and that I think that's when my real like obsession with solo travel kicked off. That's amazing. Good on you for for putting yourself out there again and like actually giving it another shot because the first experience, especially because you were, you know, in your early 20s, so far away, like that is enough to put you off for life, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. And I should actually say, which I think really taps into what this podcast is about, is that that was my early 20s. And then when I did the Broken Hill trip, I was 30. And the difference in like my inner strength, I think, and my... um groundedness in myself to be able to overcome the periods of anxiety and also like to be fair as well I'd I'd gone through lots of therapy by then I was on anxiety medication that I needed like I had a lot more in place to manage my panic disorder but I still had that anxiety but I think I was just older and wiser in a way I suppose and and I guess more confident in myself and what I could handle by 30 than I was at 22. I mean, it's different for everyone. You hear these people that like jet off at 18 and manage it, but it just wasn't for me. And I think that's okay if it takes you a while to get to that point. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Like everyone is kind of going, like we're all running a different race with this stuff. How would you compare traveling solo in your 20s to your 30s? Because for me, I'm finding it I guess I, I, a lot of it I'm finding it harder in the sense – well, I'm finding it easier in that I've got more money now in my 30s. Yeah. But, like, in your 30s, I've got fr- – it's just so hard to find friends who want to actually travel at this age. And I, I feel like I'm definitely selective in who I want to spend my time with, who aligns with me in terms of places, even budget, um, like social battery. And, yeah, like in a perfect world, would love to do it all with Oscar, but then he has his work and footy commitments. And, like, I'm – because I'm thinking right now – now like I want I want to plan like my little Europe moment next year for Italy and the Greek islands but currently don't have anyone to do it with so I'm like fuck I'm probably just gonna have to go over and then I'll meet up with people or maybe I will do a a bit of it myself but it's interesting I just I'm finding it harder in my 30s um to actually just find people to travel with yeah oh and that is a big part of why I ended up solo traveling it wasn't actually necessarily that I craved it at 30 Um, Because I did that trip. I then did like a whole trip around Australia on my own for, I think, four months. And then um, I've done like some little ones where I've gone like overseas this year. I went to like America on my own for a month and now I'm here. So I've done a lot of them now. And every time it's not actually because I'm like, I need to go on my own. That's I desperately don't want to. So not by choice, by circumstance more so. Yeah, but I enjoy it. But I do still think it is really difficult. But I do, I feel like for me, yeah, look, there's things about it sometimes where I'm like, I'm so glad that I'm doing this on my own right now, but I don't think that I've necessarily ever intended for the trip to be a solo trip. It's just because, yeah, I can't find anybody, like my two people that I would travel with is like my sister and Tom, my partner. Um, easiest travel buddies Mm. ever you know and I've got a friend Ash as well who is a great travel buddy and we do a lot of Australia stuff together but again they've all got jobs 
And so, you know, and they work full-time. I'm freelance, so I can work from anywhere. Like I'm, this isn't just a holiday. Like I'm working a lot while I'm here. I just happen to be doing it in a great place in the yeah. middle of summer, which is Even when we were talking, you're like, I can do it in a few days. I'm like, you, you, you want to do it? I was like, oh, we can do it in a month. You're like, no, I've got my podcast skill. Like, let's <laughs> talk to you next week. <laughs> oh my gosh. I've actually just been emailing to people oh, like, in Sydney and they were like, you're you've been working late and it must have been like two in the morning in Australia time and I'm like no no <laughs> I'm not in, I'm not crazy um no I yeah like it's just you know like I am working while I'm here but then it's obviously mm. uh, like the benefit is that you do your several hours of work and then you can go jump in the ocean um in the beautiful again mm. here and so that's incredible um but yeah I think it's harder to find like when you're in your 20s I think you've got a lot of friends who are like have their uni break or like are working casual jobs where you can mm. just feasibly take that three months off. Like you can save up, you can take your three months, you can go backpacking. Uh, and then you get to your late 20s and into your 30s and people have full-time jobs and their careers that they're really passionate about. They're not really like up for quitting their whole career <laughs> to take four months off work. Mm. Um, I was really lucky when I did my road trip around Australia, I was working at pedestrian and they gave me almost like a, um, what would you call it? Like a, just that, like a, a big chunk of time off unpaid. So I could do it, but that's an mm-hmm. exception to the rule. And that's because I was working for people who founded a startup and were really passionate about people like pursuing dreams and things like that. Like it's not always going to be the way and it's, mm. yeah. And so there's a lot of commitments I think that mean that you can't find that travel buddy or that group of people that you can feasibly go traveling with. And then there's also the the factor of, like you were saying, like if you want to do a big trip, you can probably find people to do two weeks with, mm. but to do a, a big like transformative type of trip, if that's what you're looking to do, like where you're really exploring, that's harder to find people. And so, yeah, I do think it's a circumstance thing for me, particularly over a um, preference but in saying that, I, yeah, I find there's parts of it that, like, I wouldn't trade having people around for anything. A hundred percent. How about, like, the reaction that, have you seen the reaction change? Because you wrote an article on this recently, um, as you've gotten older to be a female solo traveller. Um, what are the responses that you're getting? And it's, I guess it's more so from strangers, right? When you are perhaps like checking in like to accommodation or out at yeah. a bar or I, or I guess maybe in contact just with like acquaintances or people you might have to work with and stuff. What has that been like? Yeah, well, I think there's like, for the most part, like a lot of positivity, a lot of, wow, that's amazing. I can't believe you're doing that. I could never do that. Which also I'm like, yes, you can. You can do it. It's hard yeah. to do it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I have – I did write an article because um, I've been getting, like, little comments every now and then, and you're right, they're mainly from strangers, people that don't know me, um, about Tom, my partner, because, um, you know, we live together, we've got a little dog and we've been together now two and a half years. And I had a lot of people be like, oh, like, how's Tom going to cope? And like, oh, how, what does Tom think about this? And and how's he going to be with you being away? And, and, and what's he going to do? And I was sort of like, this is so weird that like, this is where people's heads go is like, Tom is you know, like a tiny, like baby bunny rabbit. Like a baby. (laughs) Like a little baby that needs to be constantly cared for. And it's funny because he's He's a grown ass man. Yeah. (laughs) 
And he's also just not that guy as well. Like he is very capable of, <laughs> if anything, he's more, he's more obsessed with our dog than I am in the sense of caring for him and being like overly cautious about everything that he does and eats. So I, I was yeah. very confident Tom was going to be fine. We're going to get back into this conversation with Melissa Mason. But before we do, I want to give a quick shout out to today's sponsor. Libido is an Australian female-founded sexual wellness brand on a mission to break down the stigmas and taboos around sex and pleasure. They've created a range of modern, elevated pleasure products that you'll be so proud to leave on your bedside table. You'll want them on show from their 100% natural organic lubricant to their sleek and stylish external vibrator. Libido is here to help you feel good about feeling good. And whether you're single or wanting to spice things up in the bedroom with a partner, Libido has something for everyone. So go check out their amazing range of sexual wellness products in the show notes of this episode. Plus, you can use my code FO30, so that's figuring out 30, for $30 off the Essential Vibe. It's a super modern and sleek vibrator with three gorgeous colors to choose from and a bunch of different settings to get you going. I love the design of this vibrator and also the fact that it's waterproof and it's really quiet too. So again, that's $30 off the Essential Vibe with my discount code FO30. So figuring out 30, head to libido.com to start elevating your pleasure. Thank you so much to Libido for making this episode of Figuring Out 30 possible. But yeah, there is this like, still I think a real sexist um, culture around women traveling on their own. You still get a lot of like, oh, look after yourself, be careful, be careful, um, really comes up a lot. Um, and, you know, I think to some degree, just like in Australia, you know, the women be careful kind of discourse is because people, I think, genuinely care, right? And then there is like statistically, mm-hmm. you know, we, you know, women, violence against women is a real issue. Um, and so mm-hmm. I think people say it because they are genuinely concerned for your safety. But what I also think that it perpetuates is this idea that like you're constantly going to be in danger and like you're almost certainly gonna well, you're just like not capable yeah and and I think uh, that really bothers me because it does actually mm. get into your brain and I think that is the barrier for a lot of women in their 30s and you know 20s solo traveling is this idea that you'll come to harm something bad's going to happen to you because you're on your own And the reality is, is then when you get overseas, you're like, oh, it's fine. Like, obviously, I think there's like common sense, right? Like you, you be aware of your surroundings. You don't like wander around unfamiliar places at night on your own, like alone necessarily. Like I think there's being, you know, having common sense that you would have anywhere. But it's, I always, before I go on a trip, have this like, fear of like something bad's going to happen to me because all these people are telling me to be careful Mm. And then when I get there, it is never as scary as I thought it was going to be. And a lot of that is fed by what people say. Women, naturally, we always exercise a degree of caution. Mm. Like mm. it's conditioned in us, right? Mm. Oh, yeah. 100%. So we don't need people talking down on us, I guess. 
oh, we are already thinking it. Like we are already there. Mm. Our brains have already yeah. gone to the like worst possible scenario. That's just <laughs> how we have been conditioned just based on what the world is like for us. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and like I think that, like you said, exercise caution, be aware of your surroundings. But I, I do think that like it, w- when people are saying that to you all the time, it gets into your head. And then that is usually mm-hmm. for me. And for me in the past was the biggest barrier. Have you noticed um, a bit of a, uh, I guess, imbalance? I was looking at Jill Stark's Instagram about solo traveling and just in terms of like accommodation, like, because it doesn't really, the price of accommodation doesn't really factor in um, for solo travelers as much, like uh, unless you are doing hostels the whole way, but like for hotels or even sometimes the Airbnbs and stuff, a solo traveler doesn't typically fit into that demographic. Isn't it weird? Cause like, I just think oh, of like booking yeah. rooms that will have like a, you know, that will just naturally have two Queens or something. And I'm like, I just need like something smaller. Like yeah. that's an annoying just thing about nice solo thing traveling. That's probably my least favorite. Yeah. The, the cost is definitely a massive factor, especially when you get into your thirties, I think, because unless you are like super like travel pro person who just like loves a hostel, like I cannot do a six bed bunk ever again. It's not happening. It's not happening. I'm past I actually it. booked one. Yeah. I'm past it. I booked one. It's the same for me with camping at festivals. Can't do it anymore. Not doing it anymore. Done. Officially yep. done. Yeah. Give me a little house so I can go back and have my shower and wash all the mud off and the sweat yeah. and then like get in bed and tie my hair up and put my little serums on my face. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to not have a shower for three days again. I know. <laughs> but yeah. some people love it and like I wish I was them honestly but it's not for me and so I think what's really shifted is that when you're younger yeah you're like cool 12 bed dorm yeah let's do it no aircon that's fine I'll like breathe in everyone's stinky feet that's totally chill <laughs> don't mind that 12 I just people, need a bed all 12 like... people are snoring <laughs> yeah <laughs> like you just you could sleep on the floor in the airport if you wanted to whereas I feel like now I'm like I think it adds it more just adds to the anxiety and the like stress of solo traveling I think Mm. when you're a bit older when you're like ripped out of your comfort zone on so many levels I think that for me right like right now I have the best Airbnb you probably can see parts of it in this room or this really lovely Airbnb it has aircon. We love aircon over here. It's so hot. (laughs) And you know it's got a gorgeous little patio where I do my work and and it's just really nice got a full kitchen set up so it's it's been lovely because it feels like a little home and it was a really good price but that's the exception like the rule that I have found is exactly like you said there's not really solo accommodation with appropriate prices set up if if I was with Tom and like Tom my partner is coming over for a while when I'm with him my costs halve because it's like, I oh, know. cool, this, yeah. And it's like, you know, oh, cool, now we can get this room with the double bed. But instead of me forking out, you know, 200 euro, now I'm forking out 100 euro or whatever. Uh, and then yeah. that's great. It's like 50% of my costs are gone. So mm-hmm. there is a financial factor for sure. And sometimes you can get around it. Like in Australia, like over here this year, I found it really expensive. Like even the hostels mm-hmm. are so expensive for like single bed rooms even the dorms are expensive at the moment um Mm. but yeah like that's one option is looking for hostels with like a single bed shared bathroom situation because then at least you have your space you have your own room your own bed like you've got that piece for sleeping if you don't mind sharing a bathroom 
um, mm. or you can get ensuite ones. But in Australia, I found those were everywhere and really affordable and I stayed in some great ones. Um, and the other tip I would say is I email a lot of Airbnbs, like instead of just booking it, I message them and say, I'm a solo traveler. I'm coming for this long. Um, would you consider a different price? And, you know, sometimes oh, yeah. they don't because it's high season. Yeah, like sometimes it's high season, they can't. But I but just shoot your shot. People, oh, you shoot your shot. And if you do it politely and you explain why, like you're not just like trying to get a deal, like you're like, I'm yeah. on my own. And, and also if you put an offer in, like if it's a two-bedroom place and you're like, I won't be using this second bedroom, so I'll just close that off and like, you know, whatever and you've got also like got a good rep on airbnb which i'm obsessed with my rep on airbnb like their uber Uber rating i'm like airbnb like if if we go on a group trip and i booked it i am like militant i'm like everybody fluff those pillows let's take all the shit off the bed like (laughs) this place should be sparkling clean when we leave so yeah i think (laughs) i think i'm not coming off like a normal person no no i love that energy (laughs) Oh, anyway. Yeah. So I think, I think there are ways to try and um, make it a bit more budget friendly, but yeah, it's a privilege. It's, it is a huge privilege. It becomes even more of a privilege, I think in your thirties from a financial standpoint, Mm. for me, the only way I'm affording this is that I saved like crazy last year for it. And Mm -hmm. I'm able to work while I'm here. So I'm earning money Mm. as I go as well. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, it, it is financially financials are a huge factor. Yeah. I'm keen to get into more tips and um, some more pros and cons before though. The one that's just sticking out to me is like, how, how do you take photos? How are you getting <laughs> nice photos? Cause how do you know you the other week? I, yeah. Cause like the other week I just went down to Aries Inlet for a riding yeah. trip and it was just me and they've got the, you know, the round the twist lighthouse there. And I was like, I really want a photo Huge. with the round the twist lighthouse. Yeah. Um, and it was one morning I got up early to get there before all the tourists come and I thankfully it was bin day so the bins were out on the street as you're walking up the road towards it and so I just got someone's bin and just wheeled it out a bit and leaned my phone against it yeah. and I had to do like 50 self-timers to get this one shot that I was like that'll do um so yeah. what do you do how are you getting your shots in Europe <laughs> I look that literally same I was <laughs> bins and rocks and shelves bins and rocks bins and rocks I yeah I, I definitely did that on a walk I was on a hike and I was like I haven't had any photos of myself this whole trip so I did set it up like I created this complex rock structure where I had like <laughs> yeah the phone wedged between and then I'm like bending like like wiggling my finger through to press the the button so that self time would go off and then go and stand there and then it would be like I would I would pose and then if you blink or something you're like oh Christ I gotta go do that all again so yeah like probably again. 30 of the same not the best pictures but I think you actually get to this point where because you can't take all the photos you kind of stop wanting them or needing them and so I take mm. a lot of photos of like stuff around me so I'll take a lot of like the view or like you know um just beautiful stuff that I see but the selfie and like the me in the photo and like those gorgeous like Instagram worthy shots go out the window and there's a beauty in that to a degree. I'm not judging that at all. I'm sure once Tom is here for a few weeks, I will be all on that. Oh, you'll be going I'll be like, here you are. <laughs> You're taking all my photos. Like it's definitely not a judgment, but it is <laughs> literally like here's all my shit. <laughs> so I, nice let's to pretend I'm not carrying a backpack. Picture? 
Yeah, yeah. I'm like, so nice to see you. I haven't had a photo at the port. Can you just go over there now? I know you're like really jet lagged, but yeah. <laughs> I'm getting the shot. Really um, yeah, it, it's nice because it takes it like something that I, and I've written about this before too, about social media and holidays where, you know, you get to this point where you do so much research now and you can because you've got everything there in Instagram and TikTok and and articles and and so you get all these amazing places you're like that's so beautiful I need to go there and then you get there and it is beautiful and you're like I need a photo in this place because it's so gorgeous Mm -hmm. right but then you get like really bogged down in getting the right shot and having the right Mm -hmm. outfit for that shot and and your hair needs to be good and it needs to look like this and that's you know and then and then you get consumed by getting the shot getting it on social media getting fed by all that feedback all of the likes and the comments and and Mm -hmm. and the dopamine hit from that and that's a sick cycle in that I have gone on holidays and done that for like a week and been like I feel like I miss so much because I wasn't really present I was like inside my phone Mm -hmm. not in the world and so I and, and that still happens to me here now because like being solo traveling which we'll get into in a minute but like it can be lonely and the morning period is when Australia's awake. And so mm. I've found myself spending like the whole morning until lunch, just like on my phone messaging or like voice noting people and on social media because I want that connection. Mm-hmm. But then I've missed like half a day and I'm trying to um, limit it to like an hour or something or two hours and then put my phone away and like go to the beach without my phone or like go on a hike without my phone just so I can be actually present so it is kind of nice that you can't get your photos but yeah when you want it it's really hard and then like you try and yeah. take selfies and you're like this is I look like a literal bum I'm not a good <laughs> taker of myself <laughs> it's um when I one one trip I did to Spain I lost my phone on the first night in, in Madrid so I had to go the the remaining week and a bit um without a phone and it was frustrating but I have so many vivid memories of the trip because it was through my lens and not through the screen. But I did notice everyone else on that trip because it was when I was working at Student Flight. Uh, Yes, Student Flight. So it was like a a famil of like. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, travel agents from around the country and mm. everyone it was just amazing when we would stop and have a, a rest uh, like a little pit stop or whatever and everyone's just on their phones and I couldn't because I didn't have one so I'm just sitting there and I'm just looking around and like no one even's having a conversation and I was just like fuck we should really like and it's shit because of like obviously you need a phone for like safety issues too um, yeah but I I miss the simpler time you know, when we were heaps younger and we didn't have everything on our phones and you would just have either a digital camera or a disposable camera and you just got that one shot, put it down, kept enjoying everything. Like, yeah. And you're not just yeah. constantly on that. What would be like your favourite thing of solo travel? Like if you could list the ultimate pro, what would it be? I think like what I was saying about <laughs> my obsession with the Flying Doctors Museum, just those <laughs> moments where 
you, your time is all your own. Like you have no one else you need to factor into your schedule. When you want to have lunch, you have lunch. When you want to eat breakfast, you eat breakfast. When you want to go on a three hour hike in the middle of the day, which is really like not going to be great in terms of heat exhaustion, you do it if you want to do it. Like you see these people on these big Euro trips with all their friends and it looks so idyllic. But the reality behind all of those always is that there are conflicts of, you know, interest. There's, well, I'm really hungry. I need to go find food now. Oh, but we were on our way to this beach. Um, or I'm not hungry. I don't want to eat. I'm sulking now because we're all eating. I, um, I'm at the beach and I don't want to be at the beach, but everyone else is here. Like, you know, I mean, all of your like interests and, and preferences and what you can handle are all off. And you're just trying to constantly align. And sometimes it does. And that's like the sweet spot, but it is like a tiny percentage of the whole trip. And so, you know, like, and obviously a, a way around that is to do what you did and just go, I'm just going to do my thing and we'll compromise. And I'm going to do this thing right now and then meet up with you later and, and all of that. But when you're solo traveling, you don't have to do any of that. Like you are just on your own time. And so for me, yeah, I love that part of it. Um, and I do, the, the part that I think makes me the happiest about solo travel. And again, like I said, like, it's usually not my preference. Like, I'm not like, usually like I need a solo trip. I, I more do it out of circumstance. But I definitely think that if I went years without having a solo trip, I would crave it and I would probably book something on my own. Um, and the part that I think, yeah, like stands out the most is, I remember when I went to Uluru and I was on my own, I was on my road trip and I'd never been. Yep. And I remember just like pulling up with like, you know, you, you kind of come up over like this like road and then it's just there mm. and it is so magnificent. Like I, like I cannot explain with Uluru, like I, I, have you been? Yeah, I went in 2019 and honestly, I reckon that's a great place to go solo. Like I agree, I agree. All of country, like. Yeah. Absolutely. And that for me was, yeah, I I remember like just seeing it the first time on my own, I was like overwhelmed and then going and and walking around and going and stopping at all of these, like, you know, culturally sacred sites. how silent it is too. Yep. Yep. And you can just be. Yeah. And I think immerse yourself in like the weight, like the spiritual weight of that place and, and the importance of it to the Indigenous people of Australia. I think for me, was so much more powerful than I think if I was with other people just because I got to like really just stay wherever I want like if if I wanted to just stop and wait in a spot and just be in that nature there I got to I didn't have to move on I didn't have to feel even even that subconscious pressure like not not necessarily someone actually saying I need to move on or like I want to go to the bathroom or whatever it's interesting how we view solo traveling because like on one hand we do it is it's not all as glamorous or as empowering as it may seem like there can be really lonely vulnerable difficult moments um as part of it but also I do yeah I would still recommend it regardless because I think it's such a great way to get comfortable in your own company and and sometimes yeah that's just not like a a pretty process like and it can take a a few goes to get there but I 
I would hope, like I would just tell anyone to give it a crack, like whether it's, you know, a two-day trip somewhere like down the peninsula or like it's a big international moment. What would be your like little pep talk to people who are like, oh, I really want to do it, but I'm a bit scared to like dip my foot in the water there. Yeah, just literally what you just said, start small, like book a weekend away on your own. Don't do it to like a tiny house with no reception, you'll freak out. Like if you're not, (laughs) like I would say people do that, like they go to like, zero to 100 and they think oh solo time I'm going to go somewhere where I have no reception and I'm in the middle of nowhere and like there's nothing to do except sit with my thoughts and journal and what you'll actually do is just spiral and like come home within two hours I think we'll like go to like yeah like the peninsula or like Dalesford or like in Sydney I would say like the Blue Mountains or like go on a little road Mm. trip I think for me when I'm moving I'm less aware of how alone I am so for this trip for example Mm -hmm. originally my fantasy was three months in one place and just go to a Greek island, stay there for three months. And then I, when I did my America trip, which was work related, I was in one place for two, for I think a week and a half each time. And even that was difficult. And so that made me realize I was kind of like, I think with solo travel, we go into this like fantasy zone, like you were saying, like this, everything looks really idyllic. And you, you think of yourself in this idyllic scenario where you're just like hiking in Nepal with no one around you um, for like a month. And for some people that genuinely will be amazing. But for me, for example, absolutely not. I would have a meltdown. I could not be on my own with my own thoughts with no one around for that long. Yeah. Um, so I think when I was island hopping, that was great. So I think if you start small, pick somewhere that's, you know, got that you know, lovely solitude. I think nature's always a really good one. Like go and like, yeah, say Blue Mountains, for example, there's so many beautiful walks you can do, but then there's also towns that you can like go and explore and have a coffee and, and like, you know, you've got activities that you can fill your day with if you're getting overwhelmed with how much time you have on your hands. And then you just keep stepping it up. So I think road trips are great because usually on a road trip, you're going somewhere and then you're staying for a night or two. And then you can always just be on the move. You can always leave. Like if you get to a place and you're like, oh, like I'm just feeling really like freaked out of being like, in this quiet sleepy beach town you just go cool pack up the car let's just get back on the road and and just keep moving and and again yeah and then when you get up to something like Europe same thing like I booked a bunch of different islands for a few days and to be honest now that I'm here for two weeks in Hydra I'm like thank god I'm somewhere for two weeks just straight because I've been moving so much that I kind of exhausted myself and now to be just in one place is lovely. Whereas I think if I did this at the beginning, it would have overwhelmed me. So yeah, I think, I think just stimulation is really good to get past that loneliness and that fear. Yeah. Sound advice. Mel, thanks so much for coming back on the pod and enjoy the rest of your travels. I hope that's provided some comfort. Maybe if you haven't done it before and you're thinking about doing it, like just have a crack and um, look, maybe I'll catch you in regional Italy and the Greek islands next year. Big ups to Melissa Mason for that conversation. And a big thanks once again to Libido for sponsoring today's episode of Figuring Out 30. Check out their amazing range of sexual wellness products. You can just hit the show notes of this episode to head to their website. And don't forget to use my code FO30. 
figuring out 30 for $30 off the essential vibe. So head to libido.com, L-B-D-O.com to start elevating your pleasure. I'm Bridget Huswait. Thanks for listening to Figuring Out 30. This is an independent podcast created on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. And any love that you can share the podcast because it is just a one-woman show, please rate it, review it, share it with your friends, and uh, I'll catch you next week. Until then, bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.